Hey everyone, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. Uh, I'm excited to be here with you today. Um, I sometimes don't date my vlogs, but sometimes I do. And in this one I'm going to because we're leading up to American Thanksgiving. And, you know, I know that not everyone in the Bright Line Eating Tribe lives in America. Um, 10, 15% of you don't. So if you're not in America, um, just take what I'm about to say as, um, you know, food for thought for other types of holidays, special occasions, celebrations, birthdays, travel, etc. because it's going to apply. Um, for those of us who are staring down <laughs> the face of Thanksgiving, um, coming up here in just over a week, um, I just wanted to offer some perspectives. Um, this morning, I was on the accountability call, which is something that we do for Bright Lifers. These are people who finished the Bright Line Eating Boot Camp and have opted to stay close to the mothership and stay in an active, supportive, Brightline eating community long-term. And every morning, we get on the phone together at 7 a.m. Eastern um, live and do what's called the accountability call. It's at 8 a.m. on the weekends. Anyway, and I know that's really early in California and stuff, but it's always recorded um, so that you can listen to it at any time. So I was on the accountability call. The way that call works is that we, you know, go through some specific behavioral commitments. You know, did you eat what you committed to eat? Do you have your food written down for, the, for today? Have you meditated, et cetera? And then um, people raise their hand and um, I take questions. Now I have two amazing staff members, um, Marianne Marsh and Lynn Colston, who do the accountability call when I can't, if I'm sick or I'm traveling or whatever. Um, but between the three of us, we keep it um, going year-round. Basically, um, all year long except for the slice of time that the staff of Brightline Eating all gets together to plan out the next year. That's coming up here in early December where we will all be together and we're not going to do the accountability call on those days. Um, so it's like seven, roughly seven or eight days a year that we take off. The rest of the year we do them. Rain or shine, holiday or no holiday. Um, on Thanksgiving, on Christmas, on New Year's, on whatever your holiday is, all those days um, we do the accountability call. And today someone raised their hand and they just expressed gratitude. Gratitude for getting off the resuming merry-go-round. She didn't use those words, the resuming merry-go-round, but um, there's some kind of hell <laughs> that some of us can slip into when we get into a pattern of breaking our bright lines and then resuming. Um, I will maintain until my dying breath that learning how to resume gracefully, successfully, quickly, without a lot of self-flagellation or self-abuse is just a really important skill to have, to bring self-compassion into the mix and to understand that, you know, um, we just weren't made out of perfect cloth. Like, we're just, like, perfection is just not um, something that human beings have ever been super good at, right? Like, um, we're good at all kinds of stuff. Um, extended stretches of perfection, not one of them. Um, so learning how to resume is super important. And there's a specific kind of torture that comes into play when you get into a loop of breaking and resuming, breaking and resuming breaking and resuming. I can speak to this from a lot of experience because over the last two years, that's kind of the loop I've been in. I've had stretches of months where I haven't broken my bright lines, and then I've had stretches where I'm breaking them more on the order of days or weeks, and I'm resuming and resuming and resuming. And it is um, 
whew, it is hard. It's hard on the body. It's hard on the mind. It's hard on the self-esteem. It's hard. Um, it's hard on the time. Like, you know, I just don't have, that's what I often say. I don't have time for this shit. Like, I really don't have time to be eating and recovering from eating. Like, my schedule does not have room for that. Um, and what happens over time is this specific form of sort of hopelessness and desperation and um, uh, lack of self-confidence sets in because what one faces is, I know I can have a bright line day today, but I don't trust myself to have a bright line day, um, day after day after day after day, right? It's a different thing. Like any given day, I can have a bright line day, but to string them together for long stretches of time. So it's like, it's like I lose faith in the future Susan who has to choose. Um, for me, the, the, um, the, the biggest monkey wrenches are travel and restaurants, for sure. Absolutely for sure. Travel and restaurants. Um, followed closely by an, an overly packed schedule, which is you know something I've been sharing here on this vlog that I'm um, alleviating. I'm trying to create a lot of uh, space in my life. Um, for me, when I get on the road and I'm traveling and I'm eating out in restaurants, it's, it's, um, it's a lot harder to stick with the Bright Line Eating program day after day after day. Um, it's wearing. And I travel and I eat often with, eat out with my kids, which creates a specific, three little kids, three kids under the age of 10. It creates a certain like brand of chaos and um, distraction and sort of insanity in a restaurant situation where it's very hard to sort of stay grounded in my center. Very similar actually to a public occasion where there's like a baby shower or a wedding or whatever where there's, you know, there's all kinds of people, there's all kinds of human interactions to navigate, there's all kinds of, um, you know, potentially awkward socialness or things like that and sort of, and then uncertainty around the food thrown into the mix. Are they serving this? When are they serving? What are they, you know, all that sort of stuff, trying to keep track of food under those circumstances. It's very wearing on willpower. So I say all this, let me circle back to this, this person who raised her hand on the accountability call this morning. I haven't asked for her permission, so I'm not going to share her name. Um, but basically what she said was um, that she's so grateful that she got off that merry-go-round of resuming and she had a deep surrender. And for her, the nature of the surrender was being willing to let go of the exceptions, being willing to let go of trying to do it her way, being willing to just surrender to the plan as it's outlined and just eat what she committed to eat. And it also went along with dramatically upping her social support. And she said, Susan, you're so right. It's all about social support. Like, if you want to do this bright line eating thing well and with ease and long term, you got to get a lot of social support, more than you think. Um, so she's been doing that and she's been keeping her bright lines. And, you know, I asked her, she lives in Massachusetts. So I said, Thanksgiving's coming up. What are you thinking about Thanksgiving? And she said, I'm thinking I'm going to eat exactly what I eat any other Thursday. And I said, good girl, <laughs> good girl. You know, um, here's what I've seen because um, we've been doing bright line eating now. This is the fourth Thanksgiving that I will be navigating through um, with the bright line eating tribe you know, in the mix. Um, for me, it's the 15th consecutive Thanksgiving eating this way. Um, I've never broken my bright lines on Thanksgiving. 
Um, I've never eaten anything other than, you know, four ounces of protein, six ounces of vegetable, 14 ounces of, you know, whatever, the big salad, whatever. Uh, I don't get six ounces and 14 ounces, but you get, you get the idea, right? Um, and I'm, even though I've never broken my bright lines on Thanksgiving, I have broken my bright lines at this time of year before. And I am well aware because of the strain on me personally of this bright line eating movement, sort of um, feeling like a series of consecutive birth contractions, like waving through my life and my body over the last three years. Um, and the stress of that, I'm, I'm well aware of the breaking resuming cycle. And what I've seen in our tribe is that around Thanksgiving and then December and then, you know, stretching a little bit into January, what happens is um, some people fall off the wagon and get into a breaking resuming cycle. And it's a merry-go-round that is maddening. And so I want to tell you where it starts. It starts with the saboteur whispering for an exception whispering for a way that Thanksgiving would be a little warmer, a little more exciting, a little sparklier, if you just had a way to work in a little more different, better food. And it starts with the tapes playing in your head, the whisperings of the saboteur trying to convince you that that's a really good idea. And what I've seen is that for many people, that leads to exceptions in December. Um, all through, if you think about what December looks like, right? It's a month that is, if, you're, if you live in this sort of holiday culture that I'm talking about here, the American you know, holiday party, et cetera, culture, December is not going to be any easier, right? And once you've made that exception for Thanksgiving, it sets the stage for more. All of a sudden, the saboteur has more ammunition especially if it goes well. See, here's the thing is that if that exception, let's say you navigate it and you put boundaries around it and, and, you know, and you stick to it, whatever your deviation is, right? That's almost as bad as it going badly because what happens then is you your saboteur has more ammunition to convince you to do more exceptions later, right? And all of a sudden, you're in this realm of negotiating negotiating with the saboteur. Well, maybe, and on, do, you, do you hear like how the tapes start going in the head? Well, maybe all this, maybe this, and all of a sudden your thinking is bound up again with what you're eating or not eating, whether you're going to stick with your plan or not stick with your plan, how well you did or didn't do last time, how you're going to try it this time, and on and on and on. And the peace with food just, whoosh, it just vanishes. At its worst, this resuming merry-go-round sets up a situation where you just can't trust yourself anymore with food, where you're facing a situation where um, you don't know if you're gonna be able to say no to the saboteur when it starts to suggest that now you might wanna get some more. And then you get spit out the other end in January when of course everybody redoubles their efforts and now you're in a diet mentality where January is going to come along and you're thinking, now I'm going to shore up my efforts, right? Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't work. But in any case, circle around to next year, you're facing Thanksgiving again, or I guess it starts with Halloween, right? You're facing the holiday season again. And the entire structure is that much weaker because you didn't make it last year, right? Like you navigated through the whole season. So now you have cues 
that have gone through one annual pass of laying down in your brain the fiber tracks of breaking and resuming all through the holidays. And that's going to be the go-to default next year. Now it's going to take a lot of effort to undo that for next year, to do it differently for next year. If you fail to be strong at some point and just talk back to that saboteur and say, no, I'm sorry, Thanksgiving is a Thursday and I'm not eating any differently than I eat any other time. My Brightline Eating program is super important to me. You're not convincing me to eat otherwise on that day. If you fail to do that, you set yourself up potentially um, for the breaking and resuming merry-go-round to just keep being the tail wagging the dog over and over and over and over again. So here's what I probably shouldn't say now, but I'm going to. Um, Brightline Eating is not one solution. When I formed the company, I chose the name Brightline Eating Solutions, LLC. That's the name of the company, Brightline Eating Solutions, LLC. I put that S on the end of solutions on purpose. And when I was filling out the form at the post office to form the LLC, I was filling out the form. It's like, what's the name of your LLC? Brightline Eating Solutions. I, I was staring at that S and I thought, there is not one way to do this. People are different. And we need to have a program that's inclusive and that allows people no bright line eating police. It allows people to figure out what works for them from the inside out, from a place of inner integrity. You are responsible for your program. So what I'm going to say is it might be the case that a deviation works for you. There are people I know of who have specific deviations. They've told me about them and I've been like flabbergasted. You do what <laughs> on a daily? Okay. And that it works for them. They, it doesn't escalate. It doesn't make them crazy. It doesn't lead to other deviations. It's, it's this little thing that they do and, you know, and it works for them. And that's where the saboteur has the most ammunition because it's going to try to convince you that this will work. This will work, just this little deviation. It'll stay contained. And who am I to say? Maybe it will work for you, right? What I can share is that the susceptibility scale gives you the best evidence for whether or not that type of approach is likely to work. The higher you are on the susceptibility scale, the less likely it's gonna serve you to make deviations. That's exactly what that scale tells you. The higher your number, the less likely you are gonna be well served by deviating from the plan. That's what it means. This woman that I talked to this morning on the accountability call, I asked her what her susceptibility score was because she was clear that from the beginning she'd been under the impression that she could do it differently than other people and she didn't need to work the, pl the plan as outlined. And she's like, oh, I'm a 10 plus plus plus. <laughs> and I was like, oh, because you know, usually it's folks who are lower on the susceptibility scale who sort of start off the journey thinking, well, I don't have to do it all the way it's outlined because I'm not I mean, Susan Pierce Thompson, she's ridiculous. Like, her brain is off the hook. Like, I don't have a brain like that, so I can do it a little differently. She's like, oh, no, yeah, I have a brain just like yours. Um, so I invite you to look carefully at your susceptibility score as the holidays come around. And if you have a high number, if your brain is super susceptible to the pull of those addictive foods, and quantities, by the way, which are right there in the mix, and monkeying around with your food plan, I invite you to consider 
trying the holidays differently, which means trying it the bright line eating way. Try just writing down your food and eating only in exactly that, and then look to see, look to see if you can create the warmth, the sparkle, the fabulousness that you're really aching for in that holiday from gratitude, from human connection, from showing up fully to be of service to the people that you're around on those days. And just see if you don't lay your head on the pillow at the end of the night feeling like bliss is just bursting out of every cell of your body. Just see. I dare ya. I double dog dare ya to join me for a Bright Line Eating Thanksgiving. And that's the weekly vlog. I'll see you next week.